With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Whether you're listening to us on Sirius XM Channel 83, one of our hundreds of affiliates nationwide, or you're watching us on Facebook Live, or listening in the iHeart app, thanks so much for making us part of your day, part of your afternoon. The call-in numbers are 877-996-6369. That's 877-996-6369. If you do the, uh, uh, the acronym thing, is it an acronym? Is that what it is? 877-99 on Fox. John Ramos on the ones and twos. Steve DeSager filling in for Dan Beyer as our update guy. And this is a Ryan Music slash Cindy Katz production. All right, with, without further ado, we will get to the New York Times report on research being done on CTE studies. Uh, while the numbers may not, in reality, when the scientific study is actually done, may not be as bad as they appear to be, they're definitely not good. And football guy, that football doesn't cause brain damage guy, is starting to be smoking doesn't kill guy. That's what you're starting to be. 
and new helmet guy is uh, filtered cigarette guy. We'll get to that upcoming three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth will join us uh, for about 20 minutes. We'll talk about players holding out as uh, Dwayne Brown holding out the first holdout of the season so far with the Houston Texans. Uh, what we what what our thoughts should be on the Dallas Cowboys and the litany of of a thousand you know the thousand little cuts of what's going on with different players, as well as the CTE findings and what it means to former, current, and future players in the National Football League. But the story of the day, the story in sports, continues to be Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, the divorce which appears to be imminent. Right, look, there are things that I will I say on this show that you will hear me repeat over and over again, right? And it's because. The, if I make them a cliche, it's they are they might be cliche, but cliches tend to be true more often. When the going gets tough, the tough do get going. You do actually need a rabbi in the room. You need somebody who believes in you in your skill set. Uh, there are no more secrets, only facts that are yet to be revealed, right? It's just the truth is out there, and we have more we have a greater ability to gain it now than we ever did. You can't fool players. you you just can't. Uh, no one goes to get a second opinion after good news. Right? There's never been a guy who's like, Mr. Gottlieb, you don't have cancer. Sorry, Doc. Got to go get a second opinion. Um, and uh, whether it's genie out of a bottle or once you to visit, visit the divorce attorney and start talking about breaking up assets, it's not a marriage that's going to last the test of time. Remember, Kyrie Irving talking with ownership, especially when ownership did not have a general manager, about his future and saying that he wanted to be traded is different than if you want to say married, married couple going to therapy, right? This is not, let's talk it out. This is not Kevin Love a couple years ago trying to break bread with LeBron James after the first year so that he could get in all the photos. This is Kyrie Irving saying, I've been here. We won a championship. I'm good. Check, please. This is Justin Timberlake saying, NSYNC is awesome, but I want to go solo. That's what this is. And whether it's being in a boy band, whether it's being in the bronze band, just gauge the reaction that you've heard or you've read on Twitter. How many people said, I mean, look, I listen to Cowherd every day. He's talking about these are first world problems, like people complaining about the line at Starbucks. By the way, Cowherd likened uh, Kyrie wanting out of playing with LeBron from the, the, the line, be, like first world problems, the line being too long at Starbucks. I should point out that most of America hated the line at Starbucks. You know what they did? Mobile ordering. And it works fantastically. Cuts out the interpersonal communication, which is one of the reasons that Starbucks kind of exists as the third place, home and work. But still, it, Starbucks saw that it was a problem, knew that their customers were upset, and made an adjustment. And the cabs have been slow to adjust. And so now Kyrie wants out. But if you just gauge people's um, feelings, they will almost all say, this is a sign of immaturity from Kyrie Irving. How could he possibly, how could he split tens? You got a winning hand. Why would you not want to play with the, it's, it's, it's a parallel to the reason Kyrie likely wants out anyway. And something I've been telling you going back to the NBA Finals and through to last week when I was hosting The Herd. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I've told you that LeBron James is great. I am not disputing the fact that LeBron James is an amazing basketball player. Right? And he, while he, there's not, he maybe not, that doesn't do anything great. He does everything good. Right? Like, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's become a pretty good three-point shooter. You leave him open. He's not the greatest passer we've ever seen. He's not Stockton. He's not Mark Jackson. He's not... 
He's not Steve Nash. Doesn't have that kind of. He's not magic. He's not Larry Bird as a pastor. But for all the other things he does, he's a very good pastor and a willing pastor. He's not a great post-up player, but he scores some in the post. Right? He does everything. He's not a great man-to-man defense player, but for a guy that can guard multiple positions, he can guard all of them pretty well. Like that's he's a jack of all trades and a master of, I guess, some. He never gets hurt and rarely gets tired. And he's lifted his teams to higher levels. But what's happened is now it's, well, Kyrie doesn't make anybody better. Really? Like, we didn't pay attention to the fact that Kyrie Irving waking up, going back to two years ago in the NBA Finals, is one of the things that turned around that series? That Kyrie actually hit the game-winning shot? He was the go-to offensive player down the stretch? Or here's the, between the narrative of people being negative about Kyrie leaving or just the simple this just this simple idea. Kyrie Irving was 24 years old this season, 24. Had far and away his best season as a pro. Averaged more points, uh shot a career high field goal percentage, a second highest in three-point percentage, but a high, much higher volume of three-pointers. Shot 90% from the free throw line and was about a 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. He's not a great assist guy for a lead guard, he's more of a scoring guard. He wasn't one of the First three teams, all NBA. Whereas Steph Curry, likely based upon reputation, who did not have a great season until the end of the year when Kevin Durant was out, was on first three all NBA teams. Same thing for Draymond Green. So whether it's you want your name in billboard lights and want the headlines, which appears to be some of it, whether it's how heavy it is to go to work and the pressure of having to perform when things go wrong, it's always your fault. Or just if you look at the overall narrative of Kyrie does not help them win. LeBron does. And when Kyrie wants to leave, it's all on Kyrie. Don't you like, don't you kind of get the idea of why a guy might want to leave? And then the idea that we don't know where LeBron's even going to be there next year. Like, well, then he would have teamed himself. Yeah, but that's not really what he wants. He wants to be the lead dog on a good team in a place he wants to live in a place he wants to go to work. And this idea that it just happened, not true. Been brewing for a long time. Here's Chauncey Billups on Altitude Radio. Remember, Chauncey Billups was supposed to be the general manager. Why didn't he take the job? What was leaked? Well, they lowballed him. Well, he lowballed him. But for a guy who's never worked in an NBA front office to get offered the general manager position of a team that's reached three straight NBA finals, seems like a pretty good gig. Here's Chauncey as to what he knew was going on, which we've just learned about. It didn't really surprise me. Um, obviously, I knew, you know, as they were doing their due diligence on me, I was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I I knew, I knew um, so much about the situation that that you know the rest of the world doesn't know. Um, but that's unfortunate, man, because he's a, he's a special talent, and uh, you know, in in my opinion, you know, so much of what he's been able to accomplish on and off the floor has been. He's been a beneficiary of having LeBron James, man. That would be alarming to me if I was a team looking to get him. Yeah, well, listen, that would be alarming for Chauncey Billups, but what Chauncey Billups, again, is saying is what Kyrie feels. Like, young people feel this all the time. Hey, why do you have to qualify all of my success with it's only come with LeBron James? Nobody says, I'm just a great player. Like, Like, I think if you kind of break down the different players, like Russell Westbrook's probably the best athlete who can give you the most at both ends, even though he's inefficient and hard to play with. Uh, he plays incredibly hard, and the effort, the athleticism, 
I mean, he he's different than Kyrie, who's the best one-on-one scorer, is different than Steph Curry, who's the best shooter of the bunch, is different than James Harden, who doesn't bring much of anything at the defensive end, but is a really difficult and different matchup than Kyrie is. Like, they're all kind of different, and they're all really, really good. But our evaluation that Kyrie is somehow below those guys kind of makes Kyrie's point. And even if he's wrong, isn't that kind of the American spirit of, you know what, I'm not just going to tell you that I'm at those guys' level. Give me the chance to have my own team, and I'll show you that I'm at those guys' level. So I'm not sitting here telling you I'm solely on Team Kyrie, but this has been brewing for a long time, and I get it, right? Don't you kind of get it? Everyone is qualifying everything Kyrie has ever done with, well, it didn't happen until he had LeBron James, which is true. On the other hand, he also wasn't healthy. On the other hand, it was also a dysfunctional organization, poorly coached team. They changed the coaches, they changed the culture, and they added veteran players to go along with Kyrie, who was finally healthy. So Kyrie's like, well, why does everybody have to qualify it? This happens in bands all the time, happens in business all the time, and now it's happening in sports. I want my own team. I want my own band. I want my name in headlights. When, uh, not headlights. Headlights are on the car. Mark on the marquee. I was on a roll, right? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? It's Animal House, if you're not old enough to remember that. I kind of get it. Because every comment I have heard is about Kyrie somehow having some sort of failure. Kyrie's ego not being in check. Kyrie, 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 and he can't measure up to LeBron, which is kind of Kyrie's point. I want to show you. I want to show you. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's turn to football uh, for for a, for a time, as uh, new Fox Sports and Fox Sports One analyst uh, for the National Football League, three-time Super Bowl champion, and the second strongest, maybe even third strongest man in his own family. You should see the pictures of his pops. His dad's seventy-seven years old. I mean, and he looks he looks like he could compete in in like an Iron Man. I mean, he's just a stud. Mark Schlereth is not as big a stud, but was a stud in the football field, and he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Stink, how are you? I'm good, Dougie. How are you doing, my friend? Great, dude. That picture of your dad is super, super impressive. He, uh, you know what? He's a freak show. I know. I know this about you know people talk about the hard work and there's nobody that worked any harder and all that kind of stuff. But I won the genetic lottery, and I make no bones about it. You know what? And I'm not going to apologize for it because my dad's a freak show. Uh, okay, so I want to ask you about this new study from the Journal of American the Journal of American Medical Association, which was released today. They studied 202 former football players, 87% of whom that they studied, there's no control group, had CTE. 110 Mm -hmm. of 111 former NFL players whose brains were donated to research, and you probably only donate your brain to research if you felt like something was not performing uh, optimally with your brain, had CTE. As a former uh, NFL, long-time NFL player, you had, what was it, 29 surgeries that what you had? I mean, something crazy. Yes. Okay, 29 surgeries, but those were on your knees, not on your head. What's your reaction to, to these findings? Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not shocked by that whatsoever. Uh, if you played football, and, you know, I don't mean to be, this is not for shock value, but if you played football at any level, you've done brain damage to yourself. It's just. The way it is. I mean, you can't repeatedly slam your head into other people's heads 
and think that there's going to be no long-standing, you know, issues from doing that. So I think it's part and parcel of playing the game that if you've played for any length of time um, at pretty much any level, you know, starting at, let's call it high school, you've done a certain amount of brain damage, some more than others, but I, I just think there's no getting around the fact that that is, that's, you know, it's factual. It, that's what's going to happen to you. There's no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. How does this affect the future of football? Well, I certainly think, you know, it will affect, um, it will affect the people that, that have choices um, or that feel like they're in a position to have choices. You know, what money does for you is it gives you the opportunity to make a choice. And I think what you'll see is people from affluent families basically forbidding their kids to play. And I think you'll see a lot of that. Now, there are some that, that will continue to play, but I think there's no question that there will be a faction of society that will no longer allow their kids to play. Some people see it as a way out, and they will continue to play. Um, you know, I think it has a lot to do with economics and, and where you come from. Um, and me personally... With this information, would I let my own kids play? Darn right I would. Um, And I'm a believer that, yeah, you've done a certain amount of brain damage, and I've done a certain amount of brain damage to myself. I mean, there was not a game that I played in, Doug, where I didn't at least see stars one time or knock myself out, where it was just even for a split second where I blacked out and kind of woke up on the ground. And I probably started, you know, with preseason and playoff games and everything, 170, 180 games. So there's no question I've done plenty of brain damage. I also happen to believe that your brain has enough connectivity and enough elasticity to overcome some of those issues if you're using it, if you have purpose. If your whole, you know, it's, if your whole um, identity comes from playing football, when that gets yanked from you, um, there's going to be depression that ensues. There's going to be some other things that, that – um, are going to affect you, and I think that probably exacerbates the issues of of CTE and brain trauma. But the bottom line is there will be quite a few people who choose not to let their kids play. I, on the other hand, will continue to let, if my kid wanted to play, uh, that wouldn't deter me for one second. That's the voice of Mark Schlereth, uh, Fox Sports NFL analyst, joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Trader. Let's turn to the Dallas Cowboys. So, Lucky Whitehead was unlucky when he was uh, arrested for shoplifting like a Twinkie because it wasn't him. He was misidentified. The guy identified himself as Lucky Whitehead and even had his ID, even though it wasn't Lucky Whitehead. But he was cut, and the Cowboys are still saying he's still cut. They're not going to re-sign him um, because of the litany of issues he had predating this. But that's just one of the many guys that have gotten in some form of trouble off the field for the Dallas Cowboys. Is this just a Cowboys issue? Or is this, hey, look, it's the NFL, it's the offseason, guys get arrested, not that big a deal? Well, I think, there's, I think there's part of that, but I also think it happens to do with the culture that you establish uh, as a franchise, as an organization. You know, it's funny, the lucky whitehead thing. There's always a sacrificial lamb guy that we cut to make an example in hopes that our other guys, you know, follow suit. And that really doesn't work. I mean, do you think if you were trying to keep lucky whitehead off your team, he was marginal. He was probably going to, you know, be a, a you know, a, a last cut type of guy anyhow. But the bottom line, if you think Zeke Elliott is going to get the message that, hey, we cut Lucky Whitehead, we do it to you too. Come on, if Zeke Elliott, you know, steals a Twinkie, do you think they're going to, you think they're going to cut him or reprimand him or, 
Anything else? No, absolutely not. And, you know, there's a lot of people that hit me up on Twitter and say, well, they're all allegations, right? None of this stuff is proven, whether it's domestic violence or whether the guy, you know, whether he knocked him out in the bar or whatever. It's all allegations. Nothing has been proven. And my response to that is everywhere you go, if it smells like a turd, you might want to check your own pants because it might be you. You're the one that might lay that turd in your pants. So the bottom line with him is you you have got to clean your act up, and you've got to understand that you are a target and that people are looking at you, and people have got cell phones with cameras on them, and that's just the way that goes. But further, to further the point with the Dallas Cowboys, and, and I think this is an important point. You know, I do a lot of landscaping. Doug, you know, I have my Man 101 channel, and I like to be out there doing all that stuff. Here's the bottom line. When you're landscaping, you got to irrigate. And I know this about water. Water is the same kind of um, – it, it's very it's – very, I, I liken it to culture and water. See, water, when you irrigate your yard, water will follow the path of least resistance. And if you're not establishing culture, culture follows the path of least resistance. And if the culture in your organization is, hey, you don't have to listen to the head coach because there's a back staircase to Jerry Jones' office – and if you don't like what's going on, you just walk up that back staircase and you get it changed by Jerry. And I think that's part of the culture that's been a part of the Dallas Cowboys since Jimmy Johnson was fired. And that, that to me, enables players to, to be habitual line steppers, to step over the line and basically say, well, we can do whatever we want because we really don't have to listen to the coach because we're not going to get punished for it because Jerry's going to bail us out. And, and that, to me, is the culture issue that you're dealing with with the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to Zeke Elliott and some of the other things that have gone on there. All right, so in the last minute, Mark Schlereth has gone, the smeller is the feller, and he also gave up some great uh, some great gardening tips. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Brad Stevens knew the psychology of Gordon Hayward enough from his time spent coaching him two years ago, uh, excuse me, years ago, two years at Butler, to understand that if he was forceful with it, if he was a, hey, are you in or you out because I thought you're my guy, it wouldn't work. On the other hand, if you simply kind of took him through the process, let him understand exactly what you're about, hey, remember, we still know each other. Remember, I'm a trustworthy guy. And look, if you don't love it, it's okay. We're still going to be friends. He planted the idea. He planted the idea inside the head of Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward doesn't even know. I don't even know. He doesn't even realize that Brad understood his psychology from their time together. That's inception, kids. So, look, it had nothing to do with my relationship with Brad. This wasn't like a long-term thing. I just chose it on my own. <laughs> it worked, right? You know, we have a cap space team, hybrid forwards evolving. But, like, look, if you don't want to do it, hey, we're still good. Amazing. I mean, Christopher Nolan would be so proud. Uh, he's had other ones. Memento is really good. Um, Memento is really, really good. Dark Knight Rises. Interstellar. Did you guys watch Interstellar? That oh, was, yeah. That was a little long, That right? was a little long yeah. and a little weird, a little winding. Which is funny because I asked Ryan Dunkirk, was it long? It wasn't. It wasn't that long. No, which is funny for Christopher Nolan because his movies tend to be long. Yeah. I don't mind a long, good movie. Kids movies have to be short. Adults <laughs> movies, it's okay. Like, 
you know, don't edit out the don't edit out the good stuff. You don't want to see a three hour Monsters Inc. Uh, no. <laughs> Monsters Inc. was an incredibly creative movie, though. Yes, it? it was. Monsters University, not bad, not terrible, not great. And I couldn't agree with you more about Cars Two. Not good. Yeah, like who greenlit that one? <laughs> who goes? This is an this is a good idea. Let's have a kids movie <laughs> that incorporates 007 and guns everywhere. Like, that sounds like a good idea. That's actually Disney getting back to old school Disney. Right. You know, like uh, you know, Cinderella is the worst, right? I mean, like just pitch the screenplay. To, this is a kids movie where the mom dies. Start of the movie, mom dies. He marries an evil stepmother who already has two daughters. Who treats the original daughter so poorly she lives up in an attic and her best friend are mice and she's the maid for everybody else including her two daughters she doesn't even let her go out she has to like sneak out just to meet the prince then she does everything in her power to make sure that her daughters get the hand of the prince not the stepdaughter meanwhile like where's the dad or the dad, the dad died too. I think the Think dad he died, died too. Yeah. yeah, everybody dies except the <laughs> evil stepmother. Like, what a great story! And then people want their daughter to grow up to be dressed, get dressed up as Cinderella. What an amazing story Cinderella is! Like, no, it's actually not. That's Disney being Disney. Anyway, I see a ton of Inception with what Brad Stevens did. He planted an idea and did it so well that Gordon Hayward doesn't even know what happened to him. He doesn't even realize that he understood the psychology of Hayward, massaged it into his brain, and Gordon Hayward feels like he came up with it completely on his own, that the Celtics were the team, the Celtics were home. He could trust Brad Stevens, even though he knew Brad Stevens, he'd known uh, Quinn Snyder longer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Kenny Martin joins us. He's the former number one overall pick as was LeBron, as was Kyrie Irving, of course, former All-Star in the NBA. You can see him in the Big Three this upcoming weekend in Dallas as he returns home to Texas. Uh, the Big Three tips off 2 p.m. at American Airlines Center on Sunday. Game, uh, the best way to get tickets is Big3.com. Kenny, when you've heard uh, Kyrie wants to be traded on a team that most people believe if they can just keep it together for for one season, they'll get to an Eastern Conference, fi- to get to the uh, NBA Finals, what's your reaction? He's out his damn mind. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, where, where else is he going to go? That, that he can do winning, um, winning consistently, have a chance to win a championship every year, playing with the best player on the planet. Um, where else can he get that done at? Do you think uh-huh. that is there is there any validity to the idea of hey, dude, I've done that. That's fine. Uh, I kind of want my own team. You've also only won thirty games without LeBron James too. No, that's what you, that's what the teams that you were on was, you know, without LeBron James. Let's be honest. You know, so I, I, I think it's a bad, it's a bad decision. It's a bad move. Whoever devising this, listening to them, or if it, or if it's his decision and he's coming with this on his own, I just think it's a bad decision. Yeah, I would, I would point you know, out while it's it's fair, like he was off injured before LeBron joined, and he was like 19, 20, 21 years old. Now he's twenty five. Wouldn't the results be quite different? I don't think so. I think he's he's a ball dominant point guard. You know, let's call it what it is. He's a hell of a talent. He makes plays, he, but he's a ball dominant point guard in this league, and we all know what that is. You know, um, that that doesn't equate winning in the NBA. You know, so I just think he has a a solid foundation around him, and a few younger pieces changing that bench. I think they, I'm saying they've been in the top of the East. You know, I just don't see where else you're going. 
and maybe have that kind of success. Can you know, I, just, I just don't see it. What what if you're running Cleveland? Do you keep him even though he wants out? No, no, I do not. I don't. I don't. I'm no need to keep anyone that doesn't want to be there. You know, so I think you look the ship in and you get something back equal value if you can. You know, there's a few. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a number of point guards around the NBA that would love to play on a team with LeBron James and have no complaints about doing it. Kenyon Martin joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Tickets started twenty dollars. It's affordable, fun for families. It's great. If you haven't seen the Big Three, it is a it has become a thing, right? I mean, it just yeah, has. Yeah. It's like everybody, like on Sundays, when it was in Tulsa, my friends told us, like, dude, it was a thing. Last weekend it was in Chicago, and then, of course, it airs Monday on Fox Sports 1. You Are you in any way surprised at how much of a thing it's become? No, from week one, man, um, the crowd that was outside of Barclays in New York, week one. You know, driving up, getting ready for the game, just saw the way they came out in drones. Um, 16, 17,000 people came out to support it. Um, it's only been better since week one. Um, the players gotten better. Um, the guys, um, so we know what kind of shape we have to be in now to go out and um, to compete to get a fans a show, and I think we've done that so far through five weeks. Yeah, you know, I my fear was week one, like three guys got hurt, and I just thought, like, you know, everybody says they want to get in shape for it, but then a lot of you guys made a lot of money, you played a lot of ball, there's a lot of wear off those tires. My thought was, man, week two would be really telling, and week two was better than week one. Was there ever thought, though, during week one, you're like, oh, man, guys are falling out, getting hurt, this might not work. No, I mean, injuries are a part of sports, man. Um, guys get hurt every week in the NFL. They don't send those guys out of shape. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's a, we all know injuries are a part of sports, man. People want to point at guys' ages and, and this and that. But it's not it's not that. Um, guys do the, um, guys thought they were working, but we knew that it was going to be challenging at first. But I, I, like I said uh, earlier, after week one, guys knew the kind of shape they had to be in. It changed their workouts and, and then that makes for better basketball. Kenny Martin joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's go back to Cleveland. They add Derrick Rose. Rose actually averaged 18 a game last year. Grant didn't play the whole season, but played 64 games. Um, he signs for the league minimum. What are your thoughts on that addition to the Cavaliers roster? Um, I think he can help. Um, is he going to be the starting point guard there? I don't know. It depends on what Cleveland does with I'm saying with Kyrie, it depends on where they go and and then what they get back for him. But I think it's a solid pickup. Um, I think he's he doesn't have to play big minutes if they don't need him to. You know, he can shut a minutes and like you said, he averaged 18 last year in 64 games. You know, so I think it definitely can help them on um, their bench or or if they start him or um, whatever they do as a backup. You know, but I think he's serviceable. Um, I've been saying that. I don't think he he should be required to to play 35, 40 minutes a night, you know, because uh, uh, we all know what that leads to. You know, but I think he can definitely help them, you know what I'm saying, moving forward. There was discussion yesterday, uh, I think it was Bill Simmons talked about that the, the possibility of Carmel Anthony joining the Thunder. There's been talk, obviously, about the Houston Rockets. There's been talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Obviously, now there's going to be talk about him. There's going to be until he moves with the Cleveland Cavaliers as well with his relationship to LeBron James. If you're in in Melo's ear, where do you tell? He's got no trade clause, so he can kind of determine with with some reason where he could go. What's the best fit? Um, I like the overpaid thing. Um, now that Paul George is there, I'll give him another score, somebody they can depend on um, to compete with the the likes of the Golden Um, but at this point, I like Washington. Uh, I like the Washington Wizards for Melo. Uh, they have an established backcourt. Um, I think they have pieces in place where they can. I'll tell you, the New York Knicks to take back and um, the Kelly Oubre kid, um, the Morris kid, um, 
know they just sign all the reporters so he's off the books probably. Uh, but no, I'm all like to see him in Washington. He goes home, he goes to get home, um, get his family and everybody to see him play again. Um, I think it's, it's a few places, Portland. Um, um, I like to go to Portland, but if it's going to be somewhere in the, in, in the West, um, I would definitely uh, I, I like to move to go um, to Oklahoma City. Uh, if if you were going to say this guy has surprised me in the big three more than anybody, like a guy you're like, man, I don't know what he's got left, or you didn't know if he could play at that level. Obviously, there's some super high-level guys uh, in, in the big three. Who's been the most surprising playing in the big three? Uh, McMood. Uh, McMood up New Orleans. Uh, he's, he's been out of the NBA longer than any of us, I think. And uh, the way he still can play and move and shoot the ball, um, the, well, well, we all know the way he, that he takes care of his body um, now and in the past, you know, so that's telling, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you can tell that's what he's been doing since he got, um, since his NBA career has ended. Um, he's been in the gym constantly shooting the ball like he always has, and it's telling. Um, you can tell in his play, and some guys are taking him lightly because he's a little older than all of us, but he's going out there and he's showing guys what he was in the NBA, and yeah. that was a flat-out shooter. You know, he was he was a flat out scorer, and that's what he's showing guys now. He still handles the ball. He still moves well. Knows he's out there getting it done. You know, and I'm and the guys. I'm not the only one that's surprised. Yep. You know? Born born getting buckets back when he's Chris Jackson leading the country in scoring as a freshman. Of course, definitely uh, ended his career. A getting... lot of young guys they don't know that. A lot of young guys don't know him as Chris Jackson, so they just. They don't know that he led the nation in scoring. They don't. They don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, we we all saw that dude could get buckets. Kmart continued yeah. health and success in the Big Three. Look forward to seeing you in Dallas this Sunday. It'll be on Fox Sports One this Monday. That's Big Three dot com slash tickets. The great Kenny Martin. Kane, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Kmart joining us. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So RG3 is working out uh, as we speak, actually, this afternoon for the, for the L.A. Chargers. It was about to come out my uh, my mouth, the San Diego Chargers. Um, I know people inside the Chargers organization and what this has been to me, deemed to me to be, just taking a look. Just going to take, just going to take a peek, which I'm a big believer in. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in. Right? Like, you know? When you when you go, do you always rent the same car when you're on the road? You're like, yeah, I just wanted to know what a Malibu was like. I just wanted to know what a Hyundai was like. Like some people like to do the same thing over and over again, and that's okay. You can still do the same thing over and over again, but it's okay to try other foods. Like I don't really like Indian food. I just don't. I'm not a curry guy. I just it's not. I don't. I don't hate it. I just don't love it. And there's enough foods that I do like, but you know, somebody says like, "Hey, you want to try some Indian food?" Like, yeah, you know, variety is a spice of life a little bit, right? So I like that the Chargers are at least kicking the tires on uh, on RG three. Does he bring any sort of value? Remember last year, Philip Rivers had a disappointing year. Well, he didn't value the football, but I mean, it's not like RG three is coming in to compete. Uh, to be the starting quarterback in San Diego, especially at 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 this date. On the other hand, uh, taking a look to me, this is about this is a as there's a disparity there between who Kaepernick is and who RG three is. Right, RG three uh, 
never achieved the postseason success of Colin Kaepernick, but had arguably better regular season success, at least in his first year. He had more devastating injuries, although Kaepernick did have a couple of really tough injuries to come back from. But the fact that RG3 is out there working out for teams tells you kind of all you need to know about Kaepernick. Like, it doesn't mean that the Chargers would sign Kaepernick, but you mean to tell me that they wouldn't want to see him work out and see what he's got? Especially with Kellen Clemens as their backup quarterback. Let's take a peek at what this guy has. Worst case scenario, you say no. No thanks. But we haven't seen Kaepernick pop into any of these other camps. We haven't seen any kind of workouts. He went up to he went up to Seattle, and what did you hear? Do you remember what was said about him when he came back from Seattle? Do you remember what, what Pete Carroll said about him? What did he say, Ramos? He said he can definitely be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes. I took that at the time, and I take it even more now, to uh, they were relaying information to Colin Kaepernick. They were, they were talking in code, which is Kaepernick doesn't want to go somewhere. He doesn't really want to be a backup. He wants to be a starter. And they were telling him, like, look, if, if Russell Wilson gets hurt, we're going to call you. But it also is relaying that what he, the vibe they got was he didn't want to hear, hey, if you want to stay here now, you got to be a backup. And... To all these people who are like, well, he's getting a raw deal and that's why he's not in the NFL. That's that. Do I think that there are some owners that want to stay away because of his flag protest last year? Sure. I think that's a, a reasonable. But I think there's a, a greater number of owners that want to stay away because he wants a job that they don't, there's not a position they feel like he's, that, that's available for him. Like, even the Jets, which has been pointed out, like, why won't the Jets sign him? Well, that's because their general manager drafted Christian Hackenberg. And so if the general manager signs Colin Kaepernick, and he ends up being better than Colin Kaepernick, like, the general manager is only proving that he can't draft a quarterback. He's like, look, I'm trying to develop a guy. I'm going to try and get him reps, try and see what he does in the preseason. Same with the Rams. Why wouldn't the Rams sign him? Well, because they have Jared Goff, who they invested a number one overall pick in. Traded up to get him. Plus, they have Sean Mannion, who has never had the peaks of Colin Kaepernick, but by most people's estimation, by at least mine, like I think they should have gone to him before they went to Jared Goff last year if they really wanted redshirt Jared Goff. And the reason Jared Goff played last year was because he's the number one overall pick. So, I think the RG3 thing is smart. I think it's a lot like the, the Derrick Rose deal, right? When you're out of the league, the most important thing is you get back in the league. Instead of being picky about, well, I got to go somewhere. I'm going to start right away. I listen. I when you're initially in the league or when your stock is high, that's great. But when your stock is low, just just keep being in the league. Just keep an opportunity will come, but you're more likely to get that opportunity when you're in house than when you're out of house. It's the same in any business. Like you walk away from your job. Well, do, do I want to be picky and take the next perfect job? Best time to look for a job is when you have one. Make sure you have one. Because if you're out of work, they're like, well, why is this guy out of work? Got a great resume. Oh, he's been picky? Well, there might be something else to it. Might be something else to it. So I look at Derek Rosheim for $2 million. And he turned down the, the chance to be a backup with the Lakers, to be a backup 
with the Cavs. And I'm sure some of it was he knew everybody in, in the league wouldn't have taken it if he knew that there was something up with Kyrie. But even if they lose Kyrie, they're going to go out and get another point guard, right? Like, they're not depending on Rose. But I think Rose is, he understands, like, hey, if if this works, my next contract, this is what, this is the other part Kaepernick screwed up. Kaepernick's real screw-up wasn't the, the, the anthem protest as much as it was last year before the season. The Broncos wanted him, but he was making 14, and they're like, we'll take you at $7 million. At the time, Gary Kubiak was their coach. He's a former quarterback. They're run by the president of operations is John Elway, former quarterback. They have a defense. They had everything they needed outside of a quarterback in order to uh, at least push for the playoffs, if not be a playoff team. Had he bet on himself and taken less because of the job and not worried about the bottom line, they'll be in the league. Still be in the league. And the lesson is take the job, not the money. Take the job, not the money. It sounds really easy when we're talking about ridiculous sums of money. But take the job, not the money. And the money, again, depends on the chosen field, right? Will come. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It's also interesting to me that while LeBron gets no blame, so too does Adam Silver. No blame. Adam Silver has been a pro player commissioner, right? Supporting their uh, their right to protest social uh, issues, supporting their right to change teams, supporting in many ways or not actually uh, criticizing players choosing to sit out games. Have you ever heard Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, say, hey, this is wrong, players shouldn't be doing this? Have you ever heard that come out of his mouth? I haven't. And why is that? Because he's a pro player commissioner. That's his bag. When he came into power, he came in. You always go with the opposite of the guy before you. David Stern could be seen as, at times, anti-player. Pro-owner. Also, when Adam Silver took over, he was trying to not be Roger Goodell, who was seen as anti-player. Pro-owner. Pro-business, not pro-individual businessman, right? He came in during uh, during the, the, the Donald Sterling deal with the L.A. Clippers. That was his first big move, was to remove, may, force him to sell the team. Force him to sell the team. And, I, like, look, it was an obvious decision. It was something that I don't think there was any other plan that made any sort of sense, right? Because my guess is that as much vitriol as there was in social media and in national media, the truth is the reason they made him do it was because they were sponsors of NBA teams. They were corporate sponsors like, look, we just can't be associated with this. We just can't. You got to make him sell the team. But the fact is that Adam Silver cowered to the thoughts and you know, and to the, to the desires, like an illegally obtained audio tape, which did characterize him uh, as a racist, although there were actions that Donald Sterling had that you could say wasn't a racist. Like, I don't like Donald Sterling, but the truth is Donald Sterling made $2 billion on the sale of a team, right? He made off with a ton of money. And offering up no other solution other than, hey, players want him out, so he's going to be out. 
started a path of every decision he's made for the, has been pro-player. And so when players start moving and you're not critical, and then you factor in, we're in this AAU generation where guys switch teams all the time. How do these players think that they're bigger than the league? Because the owner has essentially told them as such. The media has told them as such. The same media that's criticizing Kyrie Irving for wanting his own team, for leaving this team that's going to compete for a championship, is the same one, the same one that has empowered him. We got the transfer generation in college basketball, which comes back from the AAU generation in high school basketball, which feeds all this movement in the in NBA basketball. And then we act like we're like surprised. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.